You are listening to From So Bright to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery, and let's get right into it because I'm on the clock. 20 minutes, and here we go. One of the coolest things about the tribe, which is a group of people just like yourselves who are listeners to the show, um, I gathered them all into an app called Voxer, and it just gives us an opportunity to communicate and support one another and however we want that to look or feel or sound. And a lot of really amazing topics get brought up in there because there's a myriad of ways people seek support. And because we're all unique, amazing humans, there's going to be an infinite ways that we are going to experience life and then want to share that with one another. And today, a member of the tribe shared a meme that says, we repeat what we don't repair. And the cool thing about this is, of course, it evokes a conversation because we're all seeking to heal something within ourselves when we step into the idea and the movement of sobriety and recovery. And there are a lot of layers to every human's experience. So there's going to be layers to our healing. And one of the beautiful things that she wrote was, things I thought I had gotten past and healed may still have certain layers I need to revisit and actually heal. And the power of being able to have that level of self-awareness to say, I have put in a tremendous amount of work and there's still more work to do. And that's the beautiful thing about personal growth and transformation and this journey from sobriety to recovery is that as we begin to remove layers, we expose other things that we didn't even realize were attributing to the baseline addiction from the onset. If you go back and think about the story I shared about going through and pulling out all the concerts from my brain that I had attended, and I think that list is well above 400 now, and I know there's hundreds more to go, is that each time I pulled out one or two and got to setlist.fm and took the screenshot and added that to the file, a couple more concerts would pop up. Like the other day, a John Mellencamp concert popped up. I hadn't thought about that concert until that very moment when I'm listening to Human Wheels on Sirius XM, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I saw him do some sort of farm thing, not farm aid, but some sort of farm thing at Deer Creek back in like the late 90s. Anyways, my point being is that until I get some concerts out of my brain, there's not room for my brain to be thinking about the other concerts that it also could remember if I just cleaned out my Monica's closet. You have got to remove things in order to see the depth of your Monica's closet, to see all of the things that are in there. When you first open up yourself and you start to go through and heal your trauma and heal your suffering, there's going to be so many layers. And each time you pull back a layer, there's going to be more exposed. And I get that this can sound almost like a never-ending story, a never-ending journey. But that's what the human experience is. We don't end this until we take our final breath. And even in that regard, we have no idea what's beyond. So we've got this journey going. And when you 
again, let's go back to the Monica's closet. If you remember that from Friends, you know, you open it up and if to see everything that's all the way in the back of the closet, you have to start removing things that are in the front. And it can feel insurmountable because you're like, I just got done healing these 20 things. What do you mean I've got another 400 things to heal? I don't want to have any more things to heal. But the littlest thing can create a trauma, can create a suffering within us. So it's not like we should be angry with ourselves that there's more to heal. We should just be accepting of ourselves that we're humans and that we feel, and therefore we're going to uh, put those things into the unconscious mind, which is just this infinite closet of information. And as we begin to bring things to the conscious mind, the unconscious mind has more opportunity to bring things to the front. It's beautiful, actually. It's fucking gorgeous. Hallelujah that our brain has this ability. Uh, what a shame it would be that all of this could just live underneath the surface and never have a chance to just pop up to the top. And so I want to think about this in realms of an iceberg. I want to think about our conscious and our unconscious mind. We understand how icebergs look. I mean, if nothing else, we at least can uh, picture one that may have destroyed the Titanic. And we can certainly look back at all the different memes we've seen where the little tiny pointy top is, that is exposed to the open air and all the rest is underneath the ocean water. And that little tiny top is your conscious mind and everything else underneath it is your unconscious mind. And where we're going to take this journey in this moment is understanding that with this consciousness at the top, it's the one exposed to the air and the unconsciousness below the surface of the water. I want to label this as intentions. We have conscious intentions, things that we know about, things that are conscious to us, things that we intend to do consciously. But then we have our unconscious intentions, and they can conflict with our conscious intentions. So we might decide that we want to release 10 pounds. It's one of the easiest examples I can just pull out of thin air. So we want to release 10 pounds and we've made that a conscious intention. But if one of our unconscious intentions conflicts with that, then all of a sudden, even though we desperately desire to release the 10 pounds, there are unconscious contributors to the ineffectiveness of accomplishing that goal. Now, for the sake of the simplicity of this episode, I'm just going to discuss these conscious and unconscious intentions under the scope of the six human needs, values, and principles. So my sister and I got into a conversation about this, about unconscious and and conscious needs and the intentions of these needs. And one of the things that we started talking about was social media and why people would go off and they would create social media. And so of the six human needs, there's certainty, there's variety, there's connection and love, There is significance, contribution, and personal growth. That's them. And of the two that would stand out the most for people who want to create social media, contribution and significance would be the primary drivers. Now, this isn't to say that certainty and variety and personal growth and connection don't come into play here, but specifically there is significance and there's contribution. Because you can find those other needs, certainty and variety and love and connection and personal growth in other ways. But if you're going to consistently create content, contributing to other people's lives and having significance in their lives is going to be a main driver. That, that, that's as subjective as a subjective perspective can be. 
So when you have the conscious intention to create things that would be of contribution and significance in people's lives, yet there is a block in somebody that doesn't allow them to feel free to speak their voice and to feel true about who they are, then there's that unconscious intention that could block the completion of the conscious intention's goal to create content to contribute to people's lives and be significant. I have to battle with this. My conscious intention is to help and is to allow a space for people to grow and to prosper. Now, if I had an unconscious intention of only wanted to uh, people please, to be accepted by all, to be loved by many, that desire, that unconscious intention to be accepted by all, to be loved by many, to people please, could block me from hitting record and just speaking my voice and discussing topics in a free and open manner. Likewise, if you want to go off and release those 10 pounds, and that's your conscious intention, but your unconscious intention is to uh, find freedom and solace in food, to enjoy social occasions with friends where food is there, to not feel restricted in your life in any manner, if those are your unconscious intentions, they are going to directly push back on your conscious intentions. What is underlying in this iceberg, that 99% of you, 99.6%, actually, is it 99.996%? Yeah, because only 0.006% of what's going on around you is conscious. So it's like 99.994? Anyways, let's not get lost in the numbers, Rain Man. Just focus for a minute. (laughs) And so the point is... You've got all this unconscious, intentional decision-making happening underneath the surface. And it's going to be driven by your six human needs of certainty and variety and love and connection and significance and contribution and personal growth. It's also going to be driven by your values and your principles. If you value um, openness and honesty with people and vulnerability, right? That, so that's your conscious intention to have openness and honesty and vulnerability in your uh, circle of trust, in your social circle with your the people that you love, but you have an unconscious intention to not feel rejection, to not feel hurt, to avoid pain, then your conscious intention of opening up and having trust and love and loyalty and um, being able to share things in a vulnerable manner is going to find an unconscious pushback because of the fear of rejection and pain. And this is what's happening to a lot of us in our love relationships, especially uh, the romantic ones. We have this desire to break free and to experience somebody in a brand new whole way. But yet we have all of this baggage, all of this layers of suffering in our past. Somebody didn't, you know, somebody said we didn't have enough oomph when we were at a certain uh, very susceptible age to believing what other people said about us. You know, uh, somebody said, well, you're not strong enough. You're not tall enough. You don't have enough hair. You don't have enough money. You don't wear the nicest clothes. You don't drive the nicest car. You come from a janky background. Next thing you know, we're older and we have remedied some of those things just from our own evolution as a human. And we've gotten a good job and we drive a nice car and, you know, we're wearing better clothes and we've gone to the gym. But there's still that little voice in the back of our heads that's reminding us that somebody once said that about us. So as we have this conscious intention to step out 
and become this new person, all this other unconscious intentionality is underneath the surface. I want to be free. I want to be vulnerable. I want to speak my truth. I want to live in a non-judgmental world. But then you have this unconscious intentionality underneath the surface that says, be afraid of people hurting you. You've been judged, so why shouldn't you judge? You've had people look at you sideways, so F those people. I'm going to be a dick to everyone. You have this unconscious intentionality that's happening that's pushing against the values that you want to be living now because it's forsaking the now for what was then. And so when you go to shift your values and your principles during your journey of sobriety and recovery, and you can do this, you can sit down and you can come up with a really dope list of all these cool new values and principles that you want to be the focal point of your sobriety and recovery journey. Then what you're going to want to do is start listing out the contradictory values and principles that perhaps you used to hold that you're consciously aware of, or you could look back at some of the moments in your life that you more, you most regret. We've, certainly got plenty of those since we're coming from from an addiction world into sobriety and recovery. Regret is something we got a whole Monica's closet full of. Look back at some of those moments of regret. What principles and values that you now have, that you now adhere to in your life in sobriety and recovery, were you not adhering to in that particular moment? Go back and figure out what it was that you weren't doing then that you want to be doing now. Find out what values and principles you were living to. So if you had one where you just spoke your mind and you just told people how it is, right? you may have been living in this beautiful little bubble you created for yourself where you had freedom of choice to speak your mind, that you were independent and you didn't care about what other people thought about you, which is great. We want to live in a world where we don't care what other people think about us because we can't control that shit. We can only control our thoughts and feelings and our, and our actions. We barely can control the results. I could sit here and do exercises from now till the cows come home. And I do not guarantee that my body will choose to release those 10 pounds. We hope that we come up with a, with a delicate balance. We hope we come up with just the best recipe for ourselves in that moment to create that, to elicit that. But we have much less control over the outcome than we think we do. So when we go back and we start looking at these principles and values that we were living uh, through and by in our addiction, we'll often notice that they're the same ones we want to adhere to now. It's the behaviors that we're seeking to shift. So if back in the day, I wanted freedom and independence and I didn't want to care about the way people thought about me. Great. Freedom, independence, you know, don't care about judgment. Awesome. I want to sign up for those three right now. Now, the way I went about it back then may not be congruent with who I am today. And when I set conscious intentionality towards the betterment of myself in hopes that it begins to spread out to my circle, and then they all get to feel that warmth and they all get to feel that positive vibration, unconscious intentionality underneath the surface, the self-doubt, the self-criticism, the automatic negative thoughts. It's going to be those that want to push back against this conscious intentionality the most. And it's not necessarily a good, bad, right, wrong, desirable, undesirable situation. It is just the way that it is. Accept 
what is happening in the now and choose to shift your behaviors and your actions in order to increase the opportunity for different results. We cannot guarantee results and outcomes, but we certainly can act differently in order to achieve different things. And the more we peel back these layers, the more that we begin to expose the hurt and the suffering in these very sensitive areas of our lives, the more we're going to have to be strong and and feel a foundational grounding into who we seek to become today. Being willy-nilly and flippant doesn't work anymore. Like the good place quote that I brought up the other day, principles aren't principles if you just pick and choose when to follow them. You come up with these new principles, you come up with these new beliefs, you come up with these new values, and then you adhere to them. And the beautiful thing about it is you're given so many opportunities on any given day to stand up, stand strong, and be faithful to the commitments that you've made for yourself. Because no one but you is going to hold you accountable as much as you need to be held accountable for this stuff. And this whole idea of accountability is fucked up anyways, because what we're really asking somebody to do when we say, will you be my accountability partner, is to throw shade at us and bring consequences to our non-conformity or our non-action toward this desired goal. Well, I don't want someone just punishing me for me not achieving things. I don't need somebody else to do that. I got a Jesse inside my head that has no problem talking in my dad's voice to me about the things that I should be doing that I'm not doing. My point here is that you shouldn't be looking externally for somebody to punish you for not moving forward on your conscious intentionality. You just need to be softer on yourself, sit down and figure out what is the unconscious intentionality that could be posing the greatest risk to your progression forward. That which we do not heal will repeat. And that which, we pers- that which we resist will persist. At some point, the skin has to be exposed. We have to allow the wound to feel the freshness of the air, to dry out, to be able to get the oxygen that it needs. We need to fill our body with positive nutrients and the resources that will allow us to grow and, and, and sink our roots deeper as our b- branches and our limbs and our leaves soar to the upper reaches of this beautiful blue sky and allow us to fly. But it's all part of our ability to actually stand strong in the decisions we're making today and then reveal the unconscious intentions that could be pushing back against our desired movement forward. Your six human needs, which one of those speak to you the most? I've did a couple of episodes on these. Just go search six human needs underneath uh, wherever your podcasting app is. And then I want you to be thinking about your values and your principles. What underlying values and principles are you adhering to now? The ones that are the tip of the iceberg, the ones that are outside of the ocean water that you can noticeably see and feel and hear yourself living through and to and toward every single day. And what are the unconscious values and principles that could be conflicting. Now, mind you, they won't always conflict. A lot of times they will stabilize. A lot of times they will be in agreement. But if you're finding yourself committing to goals, if you're finding yourself seeking the healing, but yet for some reason continuing the repeating, 
then you're going to want to understand what's underneath the surface because that's where a majority of your feelings and your thoughts exist. And when I say majority, I'm talking about like near all of them. That's where they are. And the beautiful thing about it is there are layers and it's powerful and it's self-aware and it's gorgeous. The more that we reveal the more that we heal, the stronger that we feel, and the more we're able to actually shine the beautifulness that is us out to the world to experience. And if that's not something worth journeying toward from sobriety to recovery, what the fuck is? As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Glow on, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 